0: Tune in every other Tuesday
2: and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible
0: tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Oh, okay. Annie, it going to timestamp this because, you know... As per usual, and as what we've seen, uh, nothing makes sense and everything is out of time frame. That's what I feel like. Um, <laughs> today is January 7th of 2021. And yes, it is the day after the big coup. Um, and I feel like we've already lived through two years of 2021.
0: Uh, so, oh, happy new year, everybody. Yeah, this is Happy New Year. (laughs) Uh, This is our first time recording in this new year.
2: Yeah, so yeah, if we sound a little rusty, um, there's so many reasons. But yes, that is one of those reasons. But (laughs) Annie, I have a question for you. I'm gonna start off the question. Oh, the first question of the year. What is it? (laughs) So even though this hasn't been our first release. did your family teach you a lot about
0: politics and were they really involved in them? Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Tell Uh, me about that. Yes. Uh, My dad was a lawyer and he taught political science and criminal justice Uh, At the local college when I was growing up, and he carried around pocket constitutions and handed them out. He had the worst, like arguing with him as a child when you were in trouble was the worst because he would say like, "Um, Ignorance is not defensible under the law. Like he'd give you all these. (laughs) Oh, you couldn't win in those. Um, But also very, um, my family was very liberal, and in fact, because of that, I was involved in a protest when I was 14, I think. I was in middle school. Uh, and I would I, get involved in these various things because that was such a, a big threat in our family. And it was like one of the few things where we could talk, our whole family could talk and not get... Uh, outraged. That yeah. changed later, <laughs> but but at the time, because of my older brother and my dad really didn't get along in a lot of things, but um, they really shared that love of politics and talking about politics and getting involved and going to these events and, and, and things like that. And, you know, in a small conservative town, we kind of had a reputation of being the weird liberal.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's really unexpected, especially, yeah, you're in a very southern, very mountains- area yeah. of Georgia town. So, mm-hmm. I mean, your area and where I grew up are very red. Like, they are, would never yeah. been close to going anywhere tinging purple.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think, because I grew up in Dahlonega, and Dahlonega is a college town. It is a military college. Right. <laughs> Ah, uh, but because of that, there were more, perhaps, than where you were, Samantha. Right. There, there were, there were more, ah, uh, pockets of blue. But yeah, still very, very, yeah, very yeah. red. <laughs> North Georgia was that your college? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But that's so funny because my two siblings both went there, and they are very conservative. And so <laughs> I'm like, yeah. eh. no, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, my family, I think I've talked about it before, uh, are not necessarily political they have opinions. And um, growing up, it wasn't necessarily we were being uh, anti or political, but it was just assumed that you would follow in the family's ideals. Um, and the main issue, besides the economics of it all, which meant uh, less taxes, but of course, more tax breaks for the uh, rich, but we don't talk about that, um, mm. but just less, less taxes for them, as well as uh, civil rights was not a big key component to what they believed was necessarily important, or they were very anti-LGBTQ growing up as well as uh, anti-abortion. So yeah, I definitely had that influence, but we, I wouldn't say they yeah. were political because they didn't understand it. Like that's the part that I get really like frustrated in and understanding politics. But kind of like a lot of us growing up, of course, we followed the family lead and didn't realize until we ventured on about the depth of what this was representing. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's a whole different conversation. We've had plenty of times, I know, (laughs) uh, especially recently. But today, that's not exactly what we're talking about, but it does kind of border... So we are talking about Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about our family background, if you uh, dig into her past and dig into who she was, she grew up in a very, very politically minded family. And so it's kind of interesting to see where your backgrounds are. Like, for me, politics would never entered into the scope of uh, careers for me. But you've talked mm-hmm.
0: about, you thought about it. I did think about it. And I foolishly, now, I, I look back, I thought, well, I, I did some bad, like I smoked weed that one time. They'll never <laughs> let me... <laughs> But you know
2: what? That was like her level of standards for Nancy Pelosi. That's kind of like, yeah, you need to be that squeaky clean to serve. Yeah. And now, I mean, all that's gone out the window. Uh, and yeah, we don't want to talk about the criminalization of some silly things, but there are definitely criminalization of things that were like, how did you get into policies? How are you allowed to do this? <laughs> so mm. that's a whole different uh, conversation. But, um, so by the way, we did decide to do this episode uh, after it was announced that uh, Speaker Pelosi would be uh, back in her position and, and back elected into that position. And we're like, you know what, let's do a quick rundown of who she is and kind of just kind of get a background on her because I don't think we've done that before. And as we were preparing and as we are getting this done, just so you know, like I said, today is 1-7. So yesterday was January 6th and the coup would happen. and my mind is Fried. <laughs> I yeah. don't know about you, Annie, um, but my brain is beyond fried. Uh, I put up a little gif about how I was entering January 7th like the kid who's being dragged by the carousel. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Um, uh-huh. But, and to be fair, I, just doing all this research, it, even though it was on point, it just still felt very disconnected. And I was very much glued um, to the electoral college process. Uh, yeah. And I'm fried because, of course, they didn't end to like what three a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was also trying to do the rest of this, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna make complete sense. So apologies if this sounds a little disconnected uh, because I'm again, my mind is fried, and I am, and I know most of probably you listeners as well as Annie yourself, feeling already emotionally exhausted from 2021. Um, <laughs> I think I texted yeah. you, and I was like, okay, our Hello 2021 already is outdated. There that is.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> that, we, we, did, we even went out of our way to not predict anything seriously, and <laughs> still... Still, <laughs> still missed the mark. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: we're amazing. Uh, but yeah, so again, we were talking about Nancy Pelosi. So let's get started. Um, so who is Nancy Pelosi.
0: Uh, yes, and and also before we get before I start answering your question, yes, yes. Uh, this is not an endorsement or anything no. like that. Uh, I just want to put that out there. Right. I think it's probably pretty clear, but we're just talking about her and right. her career and she, that kind of thing. If nothing, because uh, I know she can be a very uh, people have strong opinions. Right,
2: um, people have very strong opinions. As in fact, my partner was like, "You better say everything," and I was like, I, I, "I don't know what you're talking about." But yes, this is not an endorsement. Um, no but she cannot be denied in making history. She has made some significant impacts uh, in our culture and whatever it may be, uh, we definitely wanna acknowledge that as well as talk
0: about why that's important. Yes, so with that said, let's start with her childhood. So Nancy Pelosi is the youngest of six children, and she's the only girl, uh, born on March 26, 1940. She is the daughter of a Baltimore mayor, uh, Thomas J. D'Alessandro Jr., who was one of the first Italian-American mayors in Maryland and also served on the House of Representatives and Annunziata uh, Nancy D'Alessandro, who was an Italian immigrant known quite well in her efforts as the first lady to her husband. In her obituary, many people people talked of her support for her neighborhood and being hands-on with her family and her husband. She made speeches and public appearances during her lifetime. And in one appearance, made a plea for a housing assistant saying, how can we expect the parents to teach their children love, faith, and tolerance when we have no home? When the home fails, the community fails, the nation fails. And fun fact, she also obtained a patent for a steamer for skin moisturizing called Velvex. Yes.
2: Uh, I've never heard of that. Have you?
0: No, but one of my favorite fun facts of all time is that <laughs> people used to use marshmallow cream as a moisturizer. Well, oh, that sounds sticky. It sounds terrible, doesn't that's a, it? That's a nightmare. Um, it's uh, Yes, it does sound like a nightmare.
2: <laughs> and going on to her family. <laughs> <laughs> moving her brother, on. <laughs> moving on to the family. Uh, her brother, like her father, actually served as mayor as well, but for only one term. Um, and here when we talk about family, her family was heavily identified as Democrat, and she was right there with them, obviously. It was said her mother, quote, did not like anyone who was not a Democrat and often would say not so nice things about people who did not identify as Democrat. I mean, I guess that's kind of where we are today, aren't we? Um, And it was even reported that when Pelosi was offered a toy elephant by a Republican poll worker, she refused
0: it in disgust. You know, and that's a shame because the elephant is one of my favorite animals, but I understand (laughs) the sentiment. There's Um, loyalty here, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I got it. I got it. Uh, Though Nancy didn't get involved into politics herself until she was 47. Speaker Pelosi has always had some kind of involvement in it. Whether it was assisting others in campaigning, uh, she definitely, definitely knows the ins and outs of politics. At the age of 12, she was known to handle her father's books, which kept a tally of favors owed to him, which apparently was also supposed to help her with her penmanship.
2: Yeah, I found that interesting. That sounds very
0: Italian-esque, right? (laughs) I did that in high school. I had a little, yeah, I had a little book, and I'd be like, you owe me this X favor this money. <laughs> I have a feeling your favors
2: were very different from his favors. Yeah, I saying. suspect. I like to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, she was also really influenced by her mother um, in how she networked and even hosted and organized within their homes. Her mother would actually have lasagna dinners and fundraisers Uh to negotiate for her family and or to raise campaign money for her family, her husband specifically. Uh, as in fact, uh, at one point, Pelosi, during her time in the Democratic uh, Party, she also hosted, a, I think it's like 100 dinners to raise money oh. for different campaigns as well. Some attribute uh, Pelosi's skills to her mother and um, teaching her how to listen, and, uh, which, <laughs> which many seem to lack in the government. So that is a great skill to have. Yeah, in general. In general, but yes, but specifically (laughs) you would want. But hey, that's a whole different story as, oh God, last night's show. Um, But moving on, uh, college and marriage. Uh, She had aspirations of being a lawyer, but instead remained with her family. She uh, met her husband, Paul Pelosi, while she was attending the Roman Catholic Women's College, Trinity
0: College. And he was attending Georgetown um, at the same time. She and Paul had five children, Nancy, Corinne, Christine, Jacqueline, Paul, and Alexandra, which she all had within six years. Yeah. Um, And she is a grandmother of nine. And a lot of people attribute her organization and ability to juggle priorities to her abilities as a mother of five whose children would talk of her using negotiation and discipline and even competition we would hope, friendly competition.
2: That's what the uh, daughter seems to be (laughs) implying. But, you know, I'm like, that doesn't always sound great, but okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was very competitive with my siblings. I don't know. Was it healthy? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think about (laughs) it to this day. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense.
2: So she and her husband uh, actually moved to San Francisco after a small stint in Manhattan where Paul currently owns a real estate and consulting firm, uh, Financial Leasing Services, Inc., which makes a lot of money. Where she uh, lived and in, in stayed home to raise her children as well as be supportive of Paul during his businesses. Uh, but she still continued in her political involvement where it was... Uh, whether it was through fundraising or with the DNC or even just advising people or even attending things with her parents and or brother.
0: And so this sort of brings us to the beginning of uh, her career. Um, Though she was already involved with the Democratic Party, it wasn't until 1976 that she used her connections and networking to help California Governor Jerry Brown in his bid for the presidency. She was a big influence for him um, for the Maryland primaries, which he attributed to her. However, he did end up losing to Jimmy Carter. It's
2: true. So she continued on her rise as she was in the uh, California Democratic Party and taking on the role as a chairwoman. Um, And eventually, she even won a seat in Congress in 1988. She did not run for office. Until after her last child finished high school. And according to reports, uh, California Representative Sala Burton requested on her deathbed for her to run and fill her seat. So that's pretty significant, right? It's like, what? Okay. (laughs) Okay, I guess I have to. (laughs) Um, And by the way, she has won uh, 17 terms as a
0: representative. Wow. Um, She was quickly known as an advocate for human rights, specifically uh, when it concerned China relations and for the LGBTQ plus community. As she was beginning her political career, her community was uh, impacted a lot by the AIDS epidemic and she fought to get more government funding for AIDS and HIV research during that time. And actually, she, when it came to the China uh, relations, because of so many human
2: rights violations that were occurring at the time, she was absolutely opposed in trading and having any kind of uh, deals with them. And and during her stint with Bill Clinton, she was one of the few that opposed uh, his international deals in order to do trading and all of that. So it's pretty interesting to see where she was at. She did talk about the fact that because her community was also uh, heavily populated by the Chinese immigrants, she wanted to represent... Uh, for their interests in the violations that were happening in that country.
0: Yeah, um, that is interesting to sort of see the evolution of all of that. And and we do have a lot more to to talk about here. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: This episode is brought to you by Snagajob.
1: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time, time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a Man. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
0: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor.
2: So, yeah, coming back in her time in the government, she's had many firsts under her belt. Uh, First female minority whip, first female to lead a congressional party, and, of course, the first and only female Speaker of the House. Uh, She was nominated in 2001 as the minority whip, which made her the first, again, minority whip, though there had been several female chief deputy whips before her, um, including Maxine Waters in 1999. And, by the way, Speaker Pelosi is the only female to have held that position.
0: In 2003, Representative Pelosi was elected as the leader of the Democratic caucus. And yes, once again, the only female to hold that position. And a Speaker of the House in 2007, and then reelected. She was reelected in 2019, and she just won her third term this year. And by the way, she
2: is actually the one that conceded to having terms for that position. Uh, they were not happy when she got that position. And so she, as a way of negotiating and compromising, she uh, agreed to uh, term limits. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And though I'm sure you already know, we're just going to give you a quick run-through of the responsibilities of Speaker of the House. So they are, the Speaker of the House is the forefront and authoritative spokesperson for the House majority. They oversee House committees and provide structure for debates with the House Rules Committee. They also navigate and provide structure for House debate and make sure to follow procedures with accordance to the rules and regulations of the House.
0: And they also oversee everything from accounting to procurement for the House. And they are also second in line for the presidency after the vice president. Throughout her career, Pelosi was given many titles, including prehistoric Democrat, Democrat, Latte Democrat and the San Francisco Democrat. Her opponents said that she was a rich politician who supposedly spoke for the poor and that her agendas were too liberal and leftist. Right.
2: As in uh, fact the latte concept is you have a lot of money and yeah. you were like, "Uh, oh. cuz I had to look this up." I was like, "What? What's a latte?" No, Democrat? I
0: I absolutely knew what that meant. I, I knew it. Uh, and this kind of happened semi-recently with kale. <laughs> <Someone> <laughs> That's a, kale a different Democrat? conversation. Well, no, I don't know that anyone was called a kale Democrat, but there was kind of this kerfuffle around kale and people who bought kale. and Yeah, you <laughs> okay. can figure it out, I'm okay. sure.
1: Okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, during her time in the Bush administration, uh, Pelosi was a loud opponent to the Iraq War, calling Bush an incompetent leader, and she advocated for a withdrawal of the troops. Right. Um
2: and she definitely opposed a lot of wars under his administration and in different administrations. Um, and under Obama's administration, she played a key role in pushing for the Affordable Health Care Act. And we, she's actually defending it as of today, <laughs> um, which did not go well and still is not going well for a lot of conservative, conservative leading reps and constituents. She became quite a focal point for many of the attack ads, um, as in fact, we've seen them as of recently, yes. uh, due to her strong positions in acts such as the ACA. And apparently, uh, before John Ossoff ran for the Senate, he was running for House, and they ca- kept calling him his her yes man or her yes boy, and that mm-hmm. was kind of one of their... Uh, a text on him was saying that he would do anything Pelosi asked him, and so we have to stop him immediately. Which I guess worked because Handel actually won won that one. But I was like, oh, okay, that's super interesting. Feels kind of relevant today.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Pelosi was also a key player in getting enough votes to help out with the seven hundred million. Dollar Wall Street bailout in 2008 or the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act of 2008, which, yes, caused quite a controversy as many uh, opposed it, saying, quote, It was ill-conceived and risked too much taxpayer money to help Wall Street tycoons. Uh, as we know, she did get the votes. Uh, many of her colleagues would often say that she was a fierce leader who would keep her, quote, majority in line and was able to tow the party line with efficiency.
2: Right. Oh, gosh. And this kind of brings us a little to where we are today. And and I will say there have been, obviously, if she's had 17 terms and started out in 1980s, <laughs> uh, many of things that she has done and many of things that she has been criticized for, praised for, and all of those um, different things. But we couldn't get into all of that without doing a whole uh, law judiciary like lesson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you're interested and you want more information, I have so many. References that you can find. Uh, But I will say she's very private. And uh, even the biographies on her are somewhat uh, muted because she doesn't really like to talk to people. She doesn't like interviewing with people and doesn't even Mm -hmm. say many things. And she's absolutely kind of that wasp that she will not say too many controversial things and Mm -hmm. will say things like, I don't want to reflect on that. I don't want to talk about that. That's past and gone. So she's a very private, I guess, very... uh, Socially conscious woman? I don't I don't know. I feel that's very waspy nineteen fifties kind of nineteen seventies kind mm-hmm. of uh, attitude. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just really loud and obnoxious. Who knows? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Both
0: could be true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but as of recent years, to say the least, Speaker Pelosi has become quite a figurehead in politics today, obviously. Uh, she's been everything from a meme to a fashion icon, her orange coat in the heels. I, I love that coat, I'm not going to lie. And mm-hmm. though once seen as an ultra-liberal by some, maybe now considered more moderate-leaning as she's been more likely to negotiate in order to pass certain bills, which... Kind of happens when you have a uh, different party leading the Senate and the presidential office. Even still, she has recently been in contention with many of the more leftist, progressive congressional figures, such as the ladies of the squad, uh, AOC and such, and Bernie Sanders. So it's interesting to see where she is today from the, her beginnings.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, that's kind of a reflection on... Where society is moving right, to, right? right? Like when she was first starting out, she was a liberal, she was too leftist. And now people are like, we are not leftist enough. Right. And it's just this a progression for sure. It's a progression. Um, she has made quite an impression as she continues to push against the extremes of the current administration, even causing a stalemate, which became a 35 day government shutdown over demands for the funding of the uh, US Mexico border wall. But eventually, she did give in to allow for an allocation of $1.375 billion. The negotiations to approve the funding did bring uh, a divide between her and the squad, but they quickly regrouped when attacked by the president. Right.
2: You know, nothing like a chauvinist misogynist who... you together, right? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) No? Okay. (laughs) So she has been in opposition towards the current administration, whether it was to oppose the dismissal of DACA or the Dreamers program or finally conceding to impeachment hearings against Donald Trump. Um, Though many had felt there were plenty of allegations to start impeachment proceedings. It wasn't until reports that Trump withheld military aid from Ukraine in order to have them investigate Joe Biden's son that proceedings began in September 2019 and was impeached in December 2019. And of course, was acquitted by the Senate in 2020, though she had tried to delay sending the article for an attempt to reach a fair consideration from the Senate, but that obviously did not work.
0: No. Um... So, as you might imagine, to say the least, uh, <laughs> President Trump is not a fan of uh, does he call it crazy Nancy. Mm. Um, the main, the many exchanges between them have been uh, pretty open, public. You know, uh-huh. whether it was Trump name calling or uh, the infamous ripping of the speech and the sarcastic clap, which has become an iconic gift and gift to all of us. Oh, I love that image so much. <laughs> it's, I, I won't <laughs> lie. That kind of gave me life a little bit. I was like, yeah, okay. I dig this. <laughs> <laughs> I live for the day when I can clap like that in somebody's face. Yeah, especially as a leader
2: of the world, you're like, or leader of a country, you're like, mm,
0: great, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, we did want to look into some of the things that are happening now, but first, we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
1: Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a Gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
2: L-A-S-I-K,
0: Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Thank you, sponsor.
2: So, yeah, let's talk about. <laughs> there's so many things that we could talk about, about what's happening yeah. now. It's, uh, and I have a feeling by the time this releases, which is not too, too long from now, uh, yeah, which is like, not too far from now. It could be tomorrow. <laughs> right? uh, it still might change because honestly, I'm holding my breath to see what happens today. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many things to look for this upcoming term. As we know, uh, both the House and the Senate yeah, have flipped. Uh, thank you, Georgia. Us, We did it. Uh, which means a lot of changes will be uh, happening as they will have party control for both House, Senate, and the presidential branch.
0: Yeah, so uh, Pelosi has introduced a new code of conduct within the House, which will require the use of gender-neutral language. Um, She, along with the Rules Committee Chairman James McGovern, have introduced a new code of conduct to promote more inclusivity and diversity. Um, And it would permanently establish an Office of Diversity and Inclusion. And will bring new rules that, quote, will honor all gender identities by changing pronouns and familial relationships in the house rules to be gender neutral, according to The Hill. Um, And of course, the anti-LGBTQ plus reps are not happy about this and have already started to mock and disrespect the concept of pronoun preferences. Um, she actually did state that she's making sweeping changes
2: when it comes to things like this. So it is exciting to see that she's getting ready. Like, she's ready to move forward in representation. So that's lovely to see. Um, and, of course, with the most recent stimulus package, there was a lot of negotiations and compromise. But as the country takes a turn and tries to find the balance in the economy as well as the healthcare industry, whether we're talking about vaccine access, healthcare access, and overall pandemic procedures, uh, there's going to be a massive overall to the system. We already know... Uh, President-elect Biden has already made conversations about this and uh, Speaker Pelosi has been an adamant supporter in giving more relief. So we'll see what happens with that.
0: Yeah, we will see. <laughs> <laughs> because of course, with what happened with the recent insurrection, um, uh, you know, people in her office taking pictures uh, and continued controversy of the electoral voting process, which was Successful. I mean, right now it's so hard to have faith in the system, right? But, I mean, yeah. it
2: was voted and counted and accepted as of last night, with all of the contention that happened. Um, as we said earlier, yeah, it did not end the middle of the night uh, because of the storming of the Capitol. And yeah, going into her office and taking her envelopes and getting into her email that was uh, opened because she was rushed out of her office. Uh, It's going to be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, Uh, so we're holding our breath. (laughs) I'm actually going to start the new year. I've I've given up already on 2021. (laughs) I'm going to start it after Inauguration Day and try to restart. (laughs) It was very funny because I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink less in 2021. And then that happened. I was like, where's my box of wine?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody was like, well, dry January is now out the window. Thank you very much. <laughs> Damn it.
0: <laughs> so January 21st, the day after. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We're holding our breath. Um, and yeah, we're hoping that something can be done to contain the current backlash of the continued conspiracy theories that are being propagated and... All of that, all of that. Um, and yeah, right now it's a conversation of whether or not we'll see the 25th Amendment enacted. Um, I think there's a whole conversation about people have
2: plans and I love seeing this, uh, which is why I cannot get off Twitter to save my life because I feel like this is where I get my news um, between talking about enacting the 25th Amendment and then impeaching him and then making sure he doesn't run for office again and then, of course, bringing criminal charges. Yeah. Um, But hey, I don't know. I I know that uh, Speaker Pelosi has already kind of backed down a couple of times, stating they just wanted to move on with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it does feel like a cop-out. But again, I guess it's a a bit different being the leader as she is. So... uh, uh, Yes. Yes. Um, But... Outside of that, we did want to throw some random facts in there that I didn't know where else to put.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's do
2: it. So we're going to do it here. Um, And yeah, did you know that Pelosi is a... Big fan of chocolate. Actually, has a whole stash of Ghirardelli chocolate in her office, which is you know an homage to her hometown. Well, to where she represents, San Francisco, and she mm-hmm. keeps it on the regular. Um, and even having chocolate ice cream, apparently, like she has very like two scoops of chocolate on a cone for breakfast. She does not <laughs> care who she's eating with. That like, she has, she's had it for breakfast a majority of her time. So people know this. She loves it, and she's not going to back down because she's going to eat her chocolate.
0: That's funny because I remember learning that, and then it became this thing like where I was like, "Well, Nancy Pelosi does it." <laughs> <laughs> She's successful. She can do it. I can do I can it do, too. I got ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her and her husband own two vineyards that are worth multi million dollars. Right. I was very fascinated. I don't. I think I saw where it was, but I
2: lost that content. So if you can tell me, people, audience, <laughs> what vineyards they own, let me know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and uh, she has been deemed one of the biggest fundraisers for the Democratic Party, which has sparked a lot of controversy. Yeah, um, she raised two hundred and twenty-seven point nine million dollars before this past election in November. Um, and I did want to say, like, we didn't really get on get into it in this episode. We've talked about it in other episodes. There, there, she is the leader of the House, so there, there is a certain amount of. Uh, backlash you're going to get and criticism you're going to get no matter what. Right. But I do feel like there's been this gendered criticism of her. And like when we were seeing the attack ads for, again, she wasn't the person running. Right. But they would bring her up like Constantly. crazy Pelosi and her, right. crazy agenda. And I, I just feel like there's something gendered in it. And her oh, the yeah. hatred of her is something pretty gendered. And I'm not saying she's by any means perfect, or it's just something I feel. No, absolutely.
2: Actually, there was a report, and I didn't include it in here, uh, because I'm not going to lie, again, I'm scattered, uh, in which they did talk about the fact that, yes, most speakers have been given like negative popularity ratings, including Paul Ryan. Both of them were seen very negatively, but when it came to the point system, she was significantly less than him, and it absolutely has a gender bias, whether it's because uh, she is either too forward, not forward enough. Again, too liberal, not liberal enough. And of course, we can talk about the whole perception of, yes, she is a bureaucrat. She has been in Mm -hmm. politics all her life. So it doesn't look wonderful when you look at a system that you feel is already tainted, um, which is kind of the big conversation that's having now. But uh, yeah, she, for no reason, at all she has been perceived as this way and yeah like one of the things that they used is her constantly talking and picturing yeah. her as nagging that that is yeah. the uh ridiculousness of it all and that's in fact the clapping and oh no the, the ripping of the speech she was uh raked over the coals by the conservatives saying how disrespectful she was and how she right. didn't keep it in line and all of these things and she just said essentially his words were lies this is mm-hmm. a page of lies. And that's why she ripped it up. And it, it was absolutely true. And this was, of course, after he snubbed her and wouldn't shake her hand because she and he had the argument about border control and all of this such things, uh, which he is adamantly against. Uh, you know, So I think it's definitely yeah. one of those things, as well as the fact that as we've seen the level of taxes that have happened within this administration, that everything they do seems so mild in comparison to how extreme the other right. side is going, including bringing up lies, absolute lies, and willing to do it in front of um, their parties and during a process of political tradition, I guess is the best way to put it, in um, in the Constitution and taking that apart. Uh, they're willing to do that. They're willing to bring in people to lie for them. They're willing to have calls telling them, do this for me, even though it mm-hmm. doesn't reflect the truth. And instead of outright going after them, They're trying to play polite games, and that is infuriating. As, in fact, yesterday, none of them truly, truly called out what has been happening and what is going on and putting responsibility where it needs to be. Uh, It's definitely frustrating to see that. So there are all, all of these things, but she's not the only one. But because she is a leader, she's being pointed out and raked over the coals even harder. And she's not only being attacked by... The left, but the right. Oh no, she's not only being attacked by the right, but some by the left, and and rightly so because when you want to see change, and you don't see people following that line, Mm -hmm. and and again, her big uh, talent apparently is towing that line, is keeping people in check, and it Mm -hmm. is that could be infuriating, and and it is honest. um, It was very very close in her not gaining this. Position again, like it was by slim margins. So that's significant in itself. Uh, so it's interesting to see where we are. And she definitely plays that political game, game when it comes to money. And that just feels dirty. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. essence. Um, and again, she's like, like we know, she's not the only one. But because she is in this place, because she's been around since the 80s, because her whole life has been around politics, it does weigh on
0: who she is and how we see her,
2: for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe when I—I I told you I didn't couldn't believe when I learned she was 80. Oh, right. Uh, she looks good. She does. She does. Uh, so, that's what we have to say about Nancy Pelosi for now. Um, we hope all your listeners are doing okay out there. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending hugs. Yes, of virtual safe hugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we would love to hear from you. Our right, email is stuffmedia, momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. A new season of Bridgerton is here.